Hey! How's it going, Awaken? Excited to be here. You know, what I feel right now is I just want to pray again, and I'm going to. And here's why. Because that song we just sang, we need it to be true. And I was singing it down there. I'm real big about things being real and true in my heart. I don't want to get up here, and I don't want to preach something that I'm not living, that I don't really truly believe. And I'll be honest, I'm singing those words down there and I'm going, God, can you beat down the shadows? Can you beat back the lies? Because that's what we're saying is that the lies are nothing compared to the power of God. We're saying and singing that the shadows and the darkness is nothing compared to the power of God. And so God, help us believe what we just sang. Help us believe that the lies and the darkness and the shadows have nothing on you. Help us believe that your spirit is bigger and better and more powerful and more beautiful. God, I I think of the heaviness that I've been under and I, I imagine that so many people here have been under, if that's you, just say yes. I, I just pray, I know there are so many people, God, that are fighting anxiety, depression, fear, paralyzing fear, addiction, the brokenness of relationships, the desire for relationships, God. And it feels like, okay, I'm gonna get up today and I'm gonna do the next thing, but God, the power and authority that you've given us, it feels far away. And so right now, we pray that your power, your authority would come on this place that the spirit would move to and fro in this room, that the lies, the darkness, the enemy would be pushed away. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen, and I believe it. All right, y'all ready? Let me introduce you to my people because that always helps. I always like to know what's this girl coming from. Let me just show you the chaos that I'm coming from. They're awesome, they're awesome. And you know what, I am tired, that's why. And and largely what I worry about, it's not the world, it's not, you know, these huge issues that that to some degree I'm helping lead with, it's largely, you know, is my seventh grade son going to make it without going to juvie? You know, like those are the things we think about a lot at our house. And so let me just give you a little more context. My, this is this week, my daughter, um, since this text, let me show you what she sent real quick here. This is to me and her dad. Yeah, that's the operation we're running. Yeah, I was like, is it, does that feel appropriate to send to us? We, yes, we shut, I'm sorry, yes, that's the world we're, we're fighting, and, and it does feel like the darkness is pressing in, and here's how I wanna start today. You all are hearing incredible teaching. You all are getting filled up left and right. I want to give you a chance to process where you are before we get going in this message. I want you to think about where am I right now, and to do that, I want you to write some things down. If you have a paper and pen, pull that out. If you wanna write it on your phone, you can write it on your phone, but I want you to write down a simple answer to each one of these questions. You ready? What do you want? What do you want? What are you longing for? And then what are you grieving? Because I would say that a lot of life (laughs) really exists around these two places in our hearts and our minds. 
What do you want and what are you grieving? What are you worried about? What are you, what are you hoping for? Okay? So I want you to jot down two sentences. We're actually gonna give you a minute to do that. I want you to pray about it. Ask God, what is it? What's, what? There is not a right answer to what you want, but there is a real answer. And I want you to write that one down. All right, I'll give you just a minute. All right, now this can go one of two ways, this moment. I'm gonna ask you to do something brave and it's gonna be uncomfortable. And I want you to talk to your neighbor and I want you to tell him what you just wrote down. That was a mean trick, wasn't it? Such a mean trick. This is gonna go somewhere, I want you to trust me. And depending on how you strategically play, okay, go ahead. Y'all are already doing it. Just do the thing. All right, all right, all right. Some of you are like, I need some counseling. Can you help me? No, okay. We're gonna get a little braver. I want some of you to say your two sentences out loud. Now, not the thing you'd say to the counselor, but just, you know, what you wrote down. Just, I want blank and I'm grieving blank. All right, so raise your hand. And here's what we're gonna do. Could we get some mics in the back? What we're gonna do is we're gonna go fast because I wanna get as many answers as we can. So if you're willing to share, I want you to raise your hand, look for a mic, and let's go. Let's do this thing. Hi. Hi. I want unity. Unity between everybody so that everybody can promote the kingdom of God and that everybody gets all the unity because God wants us to unite to spread his... Grieving. So, yeah, unity. You're grieving. Oh, uh, <laughs> you don't get to just share the easy thing. Yeah, um, grieving. Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> I really don't know what I'm grieving. Okay. I got one right here. Oh, hi, I'm Claire. Um, so, really, what I really want is to be perfect. Um and everything, and I'm grieving my own sin and my own character flaws. Okay. 
I want to glorify God, and I am grieving unfulfilled dreams. Hey, I'm Mark. Um, what, let's see. Oh, what do I want? I want to go full-time ministry, and then what I'm grieving is nature. Uh, I'm new to Texas, and there's no mountains. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of concrete. Hi, I'm Izzy, and um, I want to serve the Lord along with my future husband in other countries and have a family, and I'm grieving rejection from my real dad leaving me when I was a baby and boyfriends and all that. So I'm Zeus, and uh, I want to be a traveling missionary. I feel like uh, there's so many need across the world, and we're here in America, we're in like a small bubble, and we just need help across the world, Afghanistan, everywhere. I'm grieving for all my loved ones that aren't saved, and I pray that one day God will bring them home, for we are all lost puppies and need a home. Um, I'm Gabby, and I want pure joy, and I want to make um, God's heart glad. And I am grieving the death of my father and my past life. Hi, I'm Allie. Um, I want to get married, and I'm grieving uh, lost time and past mistakes. Um, I'm Michelle, and I want my life to emulate him and only him. And so I'm grieving my control and the ability to let go of my plans and what I want. Um, I'm Lacey. I want to raise children to love God, and I'm grieving infertility. Hi, I'm Courtney. I'm craving emotion and not to be numb all the time. And then what I'm grieving is a future I had in mind for myself. Um, I'm Justine. I want to feel whole and loved, and I am grieving a recent divorce and sexual trauma. All right, I want you to look at these lists and how many of you relate to things that are up there. Okay, I want you to keep your hand up for a minute, and I want everybody to look around because y'all are all jacked up together. And isn't that comforting? I talked to a counselor once about these questions and he said, we spend so much time with this voice in our head. We've got these desires that we want. And then there's this other voice in our head. There's a part of us that's judging what we want and judging what we're grieving, <laughs> right? Anybody else have a busy mind like that? And yet, these are just, you know, that was pretty raw. Y'all just said what you want, what you're sad about. And the whole room related. Together we are struggling. Can we, can we agree to that? Can we just start right there? Together we are struggling. Because how many people feel like whatever they struggle with, you are struggling alone? Just in your room at night. That's not okay. That's not okay. 
There is an epidemic. And it's a, it's a rarely or fairly new epidemic, actually. It's, it's loneliness. And loneliness has actually only been in the last, you know, few hundred years. <laughs> there, there wasn't a lot of documentation about loneliness prior to that. And it's rampant now. Three in five people pre-COVID felt lonely. So post-COVID, what's that number gotta be? Five and five, four and a half and five. I mean, we definitely have a problem that people are lonely and yet how many people want to be lonely? I mean, some of you are introverts, don't raise your hand, okay? Because <laughs> you don't really, you, you need somebody to still be there for you. You may not wanna use as many words as me, but, but you need somebody to be there for you. So, so how many people want to be lonely? None of us. And yet most of us are lonely and disconnected, and that is a problem, and yet we're all unanimously jacked up, struggling. Those words, we feel those things together, and yet the enemy is good, because he has tucked us in our corners on the planet all alone, and made us feel like we are struggling alone. And in the dark with the devil, he can tell you whatever the heck he wants. The lies are real. The lies are strategic. The lies are real. The lies are strategic. I loved what Jefferson talked about this morning. Ooh, it was so good. Because what he did was he said, hey, here's the story you're a part of. Here's what God's doing throughout history. We're taking up a little bitty dot on this incredible, amazing adventure of eternity. We're, we're, we're living our moment. We're living our second. And yet we're a part of something bigger. We're a part of something bigger. And so I actually wanna go back with Jefferson. I'm gonna go back to Genesis and we're gonna look at this because here's the deal, guys. The greatest, in it, the greatest weapon that God has given you to fight the dark, to fight the enemy, apart from this book and knowledge of him, is other people. We need each other. This is war and we're treating community and connection like happy hour. So we've got to start by getting really serious. See, I just did a study of this for, for the last year of my life, and, and what I found was that I, what I didn't wanna do was I didn't wanna write a book about friendship. I was like, that's so cheesy. Like, I don't want flowers and friendship. I'm like, I, I don't think that's what this is supposed to be because this epidemic is requiring more than just let's find our two to three best friends and ride off into the sunset together. No, we're at war and we need fighting buddies. We need people holding our arms up. Yesterday, when I was tempted to just spin in anxiety and, and sadness last night. And it was just about the world, guys. It wasn't even about today. I was excited about today. It's just the heaviness of the world and leading in it. And instead, I go downstairs. I tell people to pray. I bring people in because we cannot do the things God's called us to do on this earth alone. So let's go back to Genesis. What did he say? Some of you know it. He creates a human. He sets them on the planet, and he says, what? 
it is not good for man to be alone. And all the men said, but guess what? (laughs) Some of you need a good fat kick in the pants. You need to ask some girls on a date here. (laughs) It is not good for you to be alone. But guess what, girls? The, The implication was for marriage, sure. But it also was God was creating out of something, right? Eternity is forever. It's always been and God has always been. And he has existed in community within himself. The Trinity, uh, Tim Keller calls it the great dance. That the three members of the Trinity are in relationship. And when God created, he did not create in a vacuum. He created out of community. Community within himself. He created out of love. He created out of sharing this awesome eternal relationship with us. And so he creates, he sets the man down and he looks at the three of them and it says, so we created man in our image, right? He, he uses the plural tense throughout Genesis 1. It's real interesting because God doesn't often do that. Let us make mankind in our image and our likeness. It's very intentional that God is speaking from the Trinitarian God that there are three and there are one. Some of you didn't even know this was about Jesus, more or less you don't know what the Trinity is. Let me just tell you this. It's very complicated. I went to seminary and I don't know. But, but God is three and God is one. And the three, one God created out of relationship, he created a man. Looks at the man and he says what? It is not good for him to be alone. So he created Eve, and together they created a family, and that family grew into a people group, and that people group divided into many nations, okay? That's the story of the people on the earth. And so our Trinitarian God, he, he creates a man, he creates a family, he creates a community, a people group, and then he writes this book throughout history through many people, and the whole book is about people, the whole book, people groups, families, people that screw up, hurt other people, wars, it's a lot of people. The whole thing is written, in fact, almost every passage that you have memorized, that you have heard since you were a kid, when you hear the word you, you took it to mean you. But almost every single time in the Hebrew and the Greek, it is a plural form of you. The book was written to people. Not an individual, not a person, people. And then we have an enemy. Because the people of God coming together in a powerful way defeat the darkness. Wherever two or more people are gathered, I will be with you. The people of God will, in the end, defeat the enemy. That's where this will end. We're a powerful group of people, especially together. The spirit of God is in this room. The word of God is being preached and the saints are gathered and that's dangerous to hell. So what does the enemy want to do? He wants to divide God's people. He wants you to be hurt, so hurt, so wounded, Because let's think about it. What are the best parts of life and what are the hardest parts of life? Both probably involve people. The best parts of your life involve people and the hardest parts of your life. Is that true? Why is that so true? 
And so of course this is not easy. Of course this is not simple. This is war. This is war. And the more the enemy can get you alone in the dark, the more power that he has. So what do we do? We fight back. And we don't treat this like happy hour, like we need a few friends to come over for dinner. We treat this like it's war. So if God is relationship and he created us for relationship and the enemy hates this so badly, what does it look like for us to fight? See, we aren't meant to just taste little glimpses of community, like a great meal. I'm sure this weekend, you all will have incredible meals together. I hope you will. You will connect with great people. You will have just incredible conversations. But it's not meant to be in two or three days on a conference. It's meant to be lived out in your day-to-day life. If you look back throughout history, which I just did, I literally looked back throughout biblical history, the history of mankind, and what you will see is that all of life has been done in village-like communities. In fact, most of the earth today lives in village-like communities. And together, what they do is they make fires, love fires, something about a fire, right? I mean, not like burning the house down fire, but a, <laughs> but at night, we, we got a fire pit, and, and some of my favorite moments have been Davy Flowers coming over with, with her keyboard or her guitar and just singing in the backyard, and yeah, that was special. I'm lucky that she's my friend praying and singing and being with people that I love. There's something about a fire. And throughout history, most villages, they cook by a fire. They converse by a fire. They come together by a fire. And at night, they would tell stories by a fire. This is how almost every generation on earth has lived. They didn't live with doors, with locks. If you go right now to Rwanda or Uganda, you'd see the same thing that I saw, which is most people have huts and no doors. And they have a big fire pit in the middle. And they all come out and they come in and they share what they have and they walk down to get water and a lot of their day is spent together taking care of things that yes, involve survival, but require community. It's a beautiful way to live. I got to interview someone that that actually grew up in the slums of India and and he told me, we, we were talking about how incredible his life is now. He lives in Atlanta and the great story. And he was, he was telling that story to help raise money for a great nonprofit. And it was a really positive story. And at the end, while I was writing this book, I said, what do you miss? And he teared up. And he said, I wish my, my kids would be known like I was known in the slums of India. I mean, I would go out and I would get in trouble And everybody knew my name and they knew my grandmother. And they'd say, your grandmother's gonna hear about this. And he said, I wish people just stopped by. He said, used to, all of my friends, we'd be playing out in the trash and we had nothing, nothing. But if we were lucky that day and could scrape together some bread and rice, my grandmother would fix it and it didn't matter if those kids had eaten somewhere else. She never asked, she just fed them bread and rice, whoever came through her door. And he said, you know, and he, he knew he wasn't supposed to be negative because he was raising money, you know, to, for child sponsorship, which I do believe in. But he said, you know, I don't know in that way if it's better here. He said, I'm afraid we're, we're growing up 
really, I'm raising my kids really lonely. There is an epidemic and there is a foundational reason that as a generation we feel so isolated. But we can fight this. There is a way to fight this. So, so we have several things not on our side. One, we grew up in a very independent society, right? We've grown up with literally founding our country, the Declaration of Independence. Like we are independent Americans and that is those of us that are, and that is how we've been raised. I mean, if we were in Texas, I mean, we're worse, you know? I mean, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I'm sorry, that was written in Texas. Like that, that came from a Texan that wrote that, some cowboy. This is how we were taught to live. It's how we think. It's very difficult to even lift you out of this mindset and, and for you to imagine there could be a different way to live. And so what we've got to start with is we have to fight this. We have to fight to have this. We have to want this bad enough that we're willing to sacrifice for it because the way that many of you do community, the way that you think about it is, you know, a girl's night out or, you know, a coming together at church with a big event. That is not community. Now, to some degree, what I just forced you in, that would count because that was real. What we have to do is we have to want this bad enough that we are willing to, you ready? I'm terrible at what I'm about to say. We have to be willing to need people. We have to be willing to need people. It is so uncomfortable to need people. It isn't easy, it isn't, I, I hate it. In fact, I have had good friends quit me, very good friends quit me. Decade long friend quit me. And they told me that. They looked at me in the eyes and they said, I don't wanna be friends anymore. And the reason that multiple friends have quit me is because of the same phrase. It has haunted me. You don't need me. I'm like, I, I want to need you. I don't know how to need you. I'm working on it. I'll go to therapy. You know, I, 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 I don't know. It is not easy to need each other. And here's the thing, it's vulnerable. And some of you just did it, some of you stood up and you said things that were incredibly vulnerable and I just wanna say, well done. Because that is the first step of needing each other. It's actually saying what is wrong. My friends, I have one of them is here today, I call them my like friend coaches because I, I knew I was bad at this and, and so I said, okay, you need to help me do this. And so we would get together and they would say, I want you to share what you need. Like, what is it that you're feeling? What is it that you're sad about? What are you anxious about? And you know what I felt? My first reaction was, I'm gonna take up all the oxygen in the room and I'm gonna keep it short. And I don't wanna, you know, I don't know how long is right to talk. Like, I am just really awkward is what I'm learning about myself. And I needed to say it, but it was so hard. Now, some of you are professionals at this, you know? Some of you are like, I share my problems way too easily. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. I don't. I was taught that I need to lead out of strength. I need to 
have the answer I need to help people and not draw too much attention to myself. And so needing people isn't comfortable at all for me. So we need to need each other. And we also have to initiate. We have to initiate. Quit waiting for people to initiate with you. They're not going to do it. I hate to say that, but we are all staring at our phones most of the time. We are not making plans. We are not imagining our next little fireside chat. We are not inviting people in. We are waiting to be invited and we have to become those who invite. Jesus was king of this. He walked into a town and was like, come to dinner. <laughs> Guy in the tree, let's go. Come on, let's go. I'm going. No, he was even better. He needed him and he initiated. Guy in the tree, let's go to your house for dinner. <laughs> I'm gonna impose my posse on you and we are gonna come all to dinner tonight at your house. Do you understand how beautiful it is when somebody just says, hey, Let's do this. Let's do this. Come with me. Let's go to your house, you know? It is a little bit of an imposition and awkward. And it's so good. One of my friends, she's here. We moved to Dallas a few years ago. And I had very few, if any, friends. And I decided I needed to make friends because this was important. And so I tried, and again, obviously awkward. Like, I mean, so awkward this girl is. And so I don't know how to do it, but I know that I liked this one friend, and I think she liked me. And then one night, she shows up at the door with her kids in tow, with her husband, and they'd just taken Christmas card pictures, and I'm in my robe. And I open the door, and I'm like, hey, new friend. Hey, we just wanted to see your, I wanted to show my husband your backyard patio furniture. I think he's gonna love it. Do you care? It's all their, all our kids, you know? And I'm like, and they look beautiful. And I'm like, sure, come on in. And then y'all, they came to the back. And of course, what do we do? We lit the fire. They sat down. I stayed in my robe. <laughs> we pulled weird snacks out from the pantry. Their kids crawled all over me and I have never been happier because I knew she's my friend. And she wasn't afraid to just bust in. And she wasn't afraid to stay, although she kept saying, we should go, you're in your robe. But, <laughs> but she stayed, she stayed. We initiate, we initiate. And we need each other. And then point three, you ready? We fight to keep this. We fight to keep this. Let me tell you, if the enemy hates this, and this is one of the most powerful weapons that we have to fight the dark, then we have to not give up so easily. I want you to think about the people in your life and especially the people that have hurt you or that you have hurt and how easy it is to walk away. When I look back at the history of the world, people couldn't walk away. Like they literally lived with the same 50 people their whole lives. Like they literally couldn't leave. So if they got in a fight, it would be awkward, 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 but eventually they'd work it out. It's called like they smoked a peace pipe or something. I don't know, but they, they worked it out. 
They literally had rituals to work things out because they couldn't go anywhere unless they wanted to take their whole family and their friends and set up a whole new tent city, you know? And that was a lot of work. So what they do is they would stay. Well, we have the luxury of moving on and 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 never putting down roots and taking the better job in the cooler city and leaving behind people that know us. And that's, you know, it was interesting when I did all the work biblically on this, there's so much, there's so much about community in the Bible, but there never was much about staying because people just stayed. And if they left, they left with a whole people group somewhere. And they took their families and they stuck together. It's how people have lived throughout history. We're one of the first generations that thinks it's okay to just abandon a great deep community for a better job. We walk away too quickly. Now what I did find in scripture that was really clear was a lot of one another's of how we would do this together. And it sounds really, really Christian. I'm gonna read them to you really quickly, but really what they read as is a very long list of very difficult conversations. Admonish one another, be at peace with one another, forgive one another, be of the same mind toward one another. How hard is that one? Give preference to one another, bear one another's burdens, love one another, be subject to one another, confess your sins to one another. And we throw those phrases out like, oh, do these things and you'll have great friends. Y'all, those are horrible things to do together. That list, let me, let me I rewrote it. Let me, let me tell you what I hear. Um, look at your friend and tell them what they're doing wrong. That's fun. <laughs> Love so completely that you are willing to be rejected by someone and then keep loving them. When someone ransacks you, I mean destroys your heart, let it go. When you mess up and you feel so ashamed and you want to hide, instead, call a friend, go to coffee, and say it out loud, and then risk that they could use it against you. When someone is selfish and horrible to you, give them preferential treatment. When your person is crying on the bathroom floor, get on the floor and cry with them. When you feel misunderstood, you don't run. See, this is not as sanitary and easy. And so of course we give up. Of course we walk away because this is a you know what show. Like this is a mess. And a lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've lived in that mess. You've been burned and wounded by that mess. And I'm saying you don't give up. Now, there are times, you know, this is a different talk. You draw boundaries and you say, okay, this is too far and I need to set a healthy boundary. There is, but you know what? We, are, we have gotten so good at boundaries that we've forgotten perseverance. We've gotten so good at boundaries that we've forgotten what it means to really forgive someone when it feels impossible to do so. And we've forgotten that all of the relationships we're talking about in this context has to do with the blood of Jesus Christ that died for our sins even though we spit in his face. See, that's 
What we're ultimately talking about is we can love each other. We can fight for each other. We can stay because of what Jesus has done for us. But we've replaced really deep, messy, difficult relationships with years clocked for shallow supper clubs, shallow conversations, shallow connections. And y'all, our souls are dying. And, and here's where you see it. My friend, Kurt Thompson, he's a neuro researcher, counselor dude, and, and he says this. He says, we all come into the world looking for someone looking for us. And then recently we were together and, and he added to it. He said, actually, all the humans, and this is about to save you on marriage counseling, so get your pins out right now. The Kurt said, let's add to that just a little bit. We're looking for someone looking for us. And ultimately what we want from everybody is that we wanna be seen. And we wanna be soothed in our hurt. And we wanna feel safe. We wanna be seen, we wanna be soothed, and we wanna feel safe. And all the guys are like, I'm good, I'm good. And let me tell you something, you're really not. We all act out of not having this in different ways. But all the humans crave this, crave this. As women, sometimes we're quicker to know that we're craving that. But I'm telling you, for the rest of your life, you do this for people, people will walk away from you and they will feel loved. I'm sorry, I can't imagine how hard that was. See, knowledge is not our problem. A lot of you came into this and you know a lot. You know a lot about God, you know a lot about this book, you know a lot. Knowledge is not our problem. We need a good, swift, kick in the pants sometimes. We don't need to know more. We need somebody that kicks us in the booty and says, hey, live this. And let me help you. Let me not just kick you in the pants. Let me tell you about the grace of Jesus and let me do it beside you. I wanna do this beside you. I don't want to leave you in this stuck place. Guys, all those things you name, let's look, look at them one more time. All those things that you name, that you're grieved by, that you desire, all those things we need over that the love of Jesus. If you go to people and try to get what only God can give, you're gonna be very needy and codependent. That is not this sermon though, okay? It's a different sermon. You should listen to that sermon someday, but that is not what I'm talking about because I think that we are so easily protective of ourselves. We build our fences and our walls and our boundaries and we don't let people in or we only let them in in this much of a way. These are things and places that we need each other. We need each other. Afghanistan, right now, I've been blessed to become friends with a pastor in the underground church in the Middle East. And he's just, we're just talking often and he's telling me what's going on over there and the stories are incredible. But guys, they have what we're craving. They have what we're craving. I wanna read to you some of these quotes that, that he said to me. This is before the, the debacle of Afghanistan in the last few weeks. 
we were talking about community and I asked him, are y'all divided in Afghanistan? Are you divided? Are there um, lots of different issues that you fight over? And he laughed. He thought that was funny and he said this. He said, persecution keeps you clean. He said, we need each other. We protect each other. We couldn't live a day without encouraging and eating with each other. And he told me about when quarantine happened, 20 of them moved into the same house so that we wouldn't have to live those months alone. And most of us, we've lost our families because we follow Jesus, so we become each other's family. It's not easy. And many of the people that follow Jesus, they're former Taliban, prostitutes, murderers, drug lords. It's not easy, but we love each other and we need each other and we would die for each other. And then he said this, true discipleship isn't something you do once a week. It's, it's what you do every day because that's when you get to know people. It's when you're with them through the good times and the bad times, when they're sick and when they're healthy. That's what brings together a true family. The blood of Christ makes us family. But we have to experience it together in the everyday. We come and go into each other's houses. We don't have to call. We just go because it's family. We eat meals together. We go and disciple people together. We share life together. It's a community. It's what you see throughout the New Testament. And then Afghanistan happens. We're still talking. And everything, the tone has shifted. And he tells me the story of, of one of the leaders that actually got out a week and a half, two weeks ago. And that person said, I want you to put me back in. And so they sent her back in. And, and before she left, they looked at this person and said, hey, if we send you back in and we can't get you, is that okay? Like, I, we're basically sending you to your death. And they said, do not pull me out if I'm with other believers, do not. Do not pull me out if I'm with other believers because I don't want them to go down alone. And I think about this future that, that we don't know what, what's coming, but I know that, that while we're not daily, our lives are not on the line, y'all, daily, that list is coming for us, the shadows, the lies, the darkness is coming for us. And we're just kind of having happy hour together. We're just kind of talking about what's going on and, and we're not truly investing in a place and in a people and saying, hey, you're my person. You're my people. I need you to show up. I need you to show up if something bad happens and I need you to show up tomorrow and the next day and the next day for the good things too. I need you. And let me tell you why I started with those questions because honestly, that's the fight, right? It's, it's what do we want and what are we grieving? It's the, the heaviness that we feel on a given Tuesday. It's, it's the hard that we're living in. That is it. Like you wanna know where to start? This is where you start. This is coming in the front door. This is the fireside chat. This is living life together. It is living known and not saying the easy answer, but saying the hard one. Fighting for each other, not abandoning people. But guys, you can't have 50 people. You gotta have like a few, a handful, a handful. The fight for you and you fight for them. And some of you are going, I would love it. What you're saying, I want it. Yes, sign me up. 
And that's where I have to say, you're it. You gotta go be it first. You gotta go create it first. And we can do that because we have the dearest friend. We have the dearest friend, the best friend I have ever had, the only one that has never stabbed me in my back. Every other one has hurt me in some way on some day, and Jesus has not. And so because of that, because of what he has done for us, we actually get to go give away this love. And here's what I wanna do as we close. I, I want us to close our eyes and, and the team is gonna play. And here's what I wanna do. I want you to reimagine community in your life. I want you to imagine a few things and I'm going to, and we're gonna pray and we're gonna ask God, show us how you want this to be. Show us how you want us to live. And what are we missing? So God, the first question that we bring before you is, is what is the point? What is the purpose? And what do you want us to see about, about the plan that you have for our lives? And I pray you have a vision. I pray that as you pray those words that something came to mind, a picture of you living out the purposes of God. And then the next question I wanna ask is, who do you want beside me on this mission, on this purpose? And pray for specific names. And the last question is this, who have I not forgiven? Where is there still a part of me that I am, I am spinning and wasting energy, holding a grudge and being bitter? And God, would you help us lay that down so that our mind and our eyes could be fixed on you and the purposes that you have for us here? God, I... I pray for this room that, that there wouldn't be anchors holding them back, that they would be free to run the race that was set before them, casting off the burdens and the sins and entanglements of this life, fixing their eyes on you, the author of this story and the perfecter of this story. And I think about these days and how sacred and and unique they are that we could be with this many people that love God and, and praise him openly and how, how precious this is. And I pray God that, that even as they go out and take breaks and spend time together over dinner and in the coming 24 hours, God, would there be conversations that are breakthrough conversations because God, you have a way, you have a way of piercing our souls with people that love you that speak your truth, that remind us of your truth. And so God, I pray that those conversations would happen in abundance, 
the people would be set free, God, not from the messages from the stage, but God, from your spirit, entangling yourself through the relationships and connectedness of your people and that, that relationships and conversations would go out. Yes, and people get married too. That'd be great, God. We'll take it. Because us together as a team on mission for you, unified, not distracted, that is powerful. That is dangerous to hell. So God, make us one so that we can show this world how good you are how delightful you are. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.